Veterans Voice is a show that connects veterans and active members of the military to qualified guests who help you find programs and benefits you qualify for and discuss housing, education, career training, and other topical matters. Every show addresses issues that affect your life. Call in and share your experience. 781-837-4900. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Greg Brasso, your host of Veterans Voice Radio, here uh, in uh, uh, the beginning of football season, uh, beginning of soccer season, and uh, just everybody gearing up. But Chuck's back in studio tonight. Chuck, well, welcome in. Good to see you tonight. Yep. Back off my nice long vacation. How's your How's your near retirement coming? Oh, it's well. I've already started up my new thing, so. And and you're acting as a as a consultant to yes, this. Yes. Yep. To, to help with what, Chuck? Er, anything. Anything. Anything that they need. You know, they just might need to talk to somebody. You know, another combat vet. They might need to know about benefits that they're eligible for, or they haven't put in in yet, or they're afraid to go to the VA. You know, <clears throat> just talk. And, you know, and, get and, them squared away. There's so many reasons to 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 that they put in front of themselves. Right. And they put those barriers in there, but at least now, Chuck, you can talk to them and reduce a lot of those barriers. Absolutely. If they want to be reduced, but they got to take advantage of you. Right. We were just talking uh, before the show, and uh, uh, we'll introduce our guests in a minute, but, uh, you know, a lot of the vets, Chuck, they don't, they they just reluctant to take advantage of what's out there. Right. They're always, you know, they're always, you know, you know this, also that, you know, they say, well, I don't want to take away from another vet. You're not taking away. The money is already on the table. It's there. And the more veterans sign into the VA for services, the more money Congress has to give to the VA. Sure. For programs. Yeah. You know, for service connection disabilities. uh, You know, medical. Everything that a vet has earned by raising his hand and taking the oath. Yeah. Well, you know, and we talk a lot about uh, uh, the camaraderie aspect of leaving the service and, and what goes on, Chuck, and the loneliness afterwards. Um, what, what do you do to a bunch of vets that, 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 that come to you and say, gee, I'm, I, I'm not feeling right, Chuck? Well, you know, one of the things, you know, I ask them, well, what, what's going on? You know, so maybe it is the camaraderie. I tell them about the, the veterans' coffee socials that are going on around the state where they can go have a cup of coffee, sit down with a bunch of vets and feel feel welcome, feel at home because they all talk the same language. Yeah. And it's so big. So once they start going to the coffee socials, they're feeling better. They start feeling better about themselves and they see the problems aren't that big. Yeah. So they don't have to have go on the dark side. Yeah. But if they want, they're still on the dark side, we sit down and have a conversation and find out exactly what it is. Well, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I brought these uh, two young men in here tonight to talk to us. Uh, (laughs) Within the uh, uh, world of sports, uh, for 25 or 30 years, I've been a high school uh, sports official uh, officiating uh, basketball, soccer, and uh, softball. But we have camaraderie amongst our officials just the same way, a different way, but nonetheless, we're all a little bit older. 
but we enjoy each other's company. We see each other's during the season. And what a great way to replace and add some new comrades is to think about joining these two folks right here and think about becoming a high school sports official. Right. You know, and it's funny because I saw that on the, it's all over the news. Is it? They're down 50,000 officials in the country since 2019. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to talk about you know, that. You know, because yeah. so many have retired, which you should think about. Uh, <laughs> oh, crazy legs, Greg. Uh, you know, and get some of the younger, the younger folks involved in it, especially I know we were talking earlier about reaching out to the vets because most of the vets were all, you know, in some type of sports. And, and Prior Ryan, to going in the service. And we had Ryan Cadras on the, on, on the radio a couple of years ago. He was talking about becoming a sports official, and Ryan has a, a small challenge. So even if the vets have a challenge, you can still become a good high school basketball official or other official. And now let me introduce my dear cousin, John Cairo. A hundred years, he's been the greatest uh, 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 influence in my life. Uh, uh, John, uh, thanks a lot for coming in tonight. Thank you very much, Brad, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here and among Chuck and Derek over here, and I go back to you. Well, thanks, John. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, what it's like to become a, a basketball and a sports official. Derek Ferguson is over here. Uh, uh, he's only about half our age, John, uh, uh, and is looking for the next great basketball official out there, the next 10 basketball officials. Derek, thanks a lot for coming in tonight. Thank you for having me, Greg. You know, we were just talking about, uh, Chuck was talking about uh, the young kids, and, and the young kids are really reluctant even to come to join the VFW or the American Legion. Their, their ranks are diminishing terribly because the young kids aren't participating. Derek, what's going on with the young generation here? Uh, a lot of people have been scared off from officiating because of social media and what they've seen, things that have gone viral. Um, they see the negative aspects. Uh, they don't understand the positive aspects of officiating. Um, for me, the ability to get and stay in high school basketball is something that I've enjoyed over the last 11 years. And now I'm able to give back to new officials each fall when I start my rules clinic. And your role, role is uh, with the Basketball Officials Association? So I am the Board 54 IBO uh, interpreter, so I run uh, a rules clinic every fall, um, preparing new officials for um, a high school season, but then beyond that so that they can also get involved in uh, other levels, whether it be youth, middle school, AAU, um, and off-season basketball. And obviously, a few move on to college. Yep. So our goal is to get people integrated. Uh, from there, it is up to them to start networking and finding out ways to improve their craft. And with any luck, they will find their way to college camps and get in front of some eyes that may be able to start assigning them uh, Division three and JUCO basketball games. And at once they've made that, that leap from high school into college, um, they are, the, you know, the world's at their fingertips, and they can go as high as they they choose. And this is for men and women? Correct. This is for uh, both um, boys and girls high school basketball and uh, men's and women's college basketball. The big thing there is one of the problems that we run into is travel. When I started, which was eons ago, high school basketball games, the varsity used to start at 8 o'clock. Yep. We used to have 
five, maybe anywhere between three to 500 people in the stands. If you had a rivalry game, you would pack the, uh, the field house or the gymnasium. Now you're lucky if you have 100 because the game start at 6.30. Parents aren't home from work. Yeah. The only one happens is we have so many youngsters that when they try to come out to be an official, they don't like to be yelled at. And what happens is parents are on. There's just, Derek, I think you will attest to the fact that the majority of parents that sit in the stands have no concept of the game. They see the game <clears throat> on a professional level, which is altogether different than the game that is being played on that floor that day. And they are relentless. And they yell and they are. They just, kids can't say, why do I have to put up with this abuse? This is like abusive person that is constantly knocking me down. And sometimes you feel like saying, hey, buddy, here's the whistle. Come down here. You take my place. So, Derek, what's the benefits? I mean, listen to John over here. John's only been doing it a couple of decades or triple, you know. Now you're saying there's some benefits. I have a lot. I have, uh, no, I, it's great for me. Uh, I, I love it. I, I tune it out. But what are the other enjoyment factors that you can get out of there? The love of the game. Yeah. It's still basketball, whether you're talking about youth, middle school, high school, college basketball. It's still basketball. Yeah. It keeps you involved. Keeps you involved. Huge, Derek. Huge. That's so, that's for me. I, after I broke my neck, mm -hmm. I, I, I kind of wound down playing. And that's when John convinced me to think about becoming an official. Mm -hmm. And I stayed in the game. Absolutely. I, I stayed in the game. But you were also in good physical condition. Yeah. That's one of the, the benefits that I feel. But the big thing, as Derek says, to stay in the game, but also to work with different peoples, help kids. That is a big thing. Be a mentor to them and say, look, you have, to, you have the ability to be good. Work at it. If you want to be a go up on the up ranks, if you just want to be a high school official, that's fine. And just like the military, we have signals. Yes. You, you, you know, and, and we have to follow the signals. We have to communicate with, with our partner. You know, if it's a battle buddy or something, you're communicating depending upon that other person. But for now, we have to depend on our sponsors. So let us take this first break. We'll come back for the second quarter of tonight's show, and uh, we'll talk about some of the nuances and the, the training and the and the um, constant training that we go through. So, George, why don't you take it away, kid, and we'll be back after these messages. back everybody greg brasso your host here of veterans voice radio is we're talking about an alternative uh not a not a uh, a vocation but an avocation isn't that what you taught us uh years uh when we, when we took the course john that is absolutely correct you gotta love what you do when you become an official and you have to have you can't have rabbit ears you just shake it off and i always used to used to say just remember who was making the comment don't take it personal because they see what you're doing. Their, their son or daughter is the most important and the best player on the floor 
and they can't believe that they committed a foul. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they're playing with players as good or better than them. We're, we're going up through AAU. Oh, let's give the ball to John. John's the biggest kid. Just give the ball to John. He, he'll do it. Now, John, all of a sudden, Chuck's bigger than you. He's taller than you. Now what happens? Very simple. The AAU guys will say, look, your kid is good. Keep him in the program, and we're going to take care of him. I'm certain we'll get him. He'll get a college scholarship. Yeah. College scholarships on the boys' hands are the toughest to get. Girls, they have a better shot of having a scholarship than a boy right so, now. In so many different sports. Oh, definitely. Um, you, hear, you hear all that, all you ladies out there? And, and lady veterans that would make tremendous sports officials. Uh, it, it's made for you. They were all in good condition. They all can run. They have the training where you can do it in basic training. And this is a, a great avocation. It's a great part-time job. Uh, you have a lot of fun. You meet a lot of nice people. Once in a while, you find a flamer. Yeah. But you have to accept that. Yep, yep. Well, and at this point, uh, Wolfie, have we got uh, uh, George lined up here? To, uh, I need you to just introduce the uh, just introduce what's going to happen tonight, John. No, you can't. I can't reach out yet. This is a little something special we have. Wolfie will line it up here. It's not a Tony. It's not an Emmy. It's a Vetti. It, it's Ladies a and gentlemen, here we go. Greg Brasso, take it away. Wolfie, thank you very much. Every every week here on the show, uh, Wolfie has uh, started a program uh, several weeks ago where we honor a veteran and we honor uh, uh, tonight John we're honoring you because of your outstanding military service your leadership at the Nike site in North Weymouth uh, you had the foresight to marry into our, marry into our family a Hungarian and a Lithuanian so uh, you fit right in and uh, you know you you helped us eat our cabbage uh, uh, but for then 30 years you were in the Brockton school system as a teacher and as a principal. Not to mention 3,500 years as a sports official in every Hall of Fame. Uh, you've certainly done the job. You've, you've, you've inspired so many. And speaking from the, from the boys and girls that we referee with, they all love you. They all say thank you. And for this, John, we award you tonight's Vetti for outstanding veterans achievement and community activity. Thanks, John, for being there. Thank you very, very, very much. But like I said earlier, I was after Korea, and when I came to the Boston area, it was that time during the year that basketball was in season, and I played basketball up here. I got fortunate to play and represent the First Army in the First Army Division playoffs that ha were held at Fort Monmouth back in the 50s. And the people, if I mention them, everyone will say, who the heck would they playing with? They're all gone. And when, I, when Derek was a student of mine, and I used to talk about coaches and players, they used to have that funny look. <laughs> Deer in the headlights. Who is he talking about? <laughs> I don't remember him. That was before I was born. Yeah. 
I've been doing sports. I think I did football for 50, 52 years, basketball for 56, and baseball for 48. So, so with that longevity, John, um, it's not necessary, although Derek would like to have some younger, younger uh, athletic officials, even middle-aged, at 30 and 40, you're not too old to, to take up uh, this sport. Derek, you have some folks that age uh, joining up? Uh, the majority of people we're finding are in their late 20s and mid-30s, but we need people of all ages from 18 to 40, 50 years old because there's so many different levels of basketball that need officiating. Um, and for the younger people that do get started, it gives them an opportunity to, to get involved, to stay involved. No, they're just going to have a longer career. And Derek, what's going to happen with, with the shortage of officials? Uh, are we going to have single official games because we don't have two officials to assign? Uh, I think that'll be unlikely, Greg. What you'll see is that games are going to get rearranged. They're going to get rescheduled. You're going to see changes at, from the schools that are going to have to adapt because of the uh, lack of officials. But then we may have to do what they do down in, in the south. I know from going to different uh, IBO meetings in different areas of the country, I can remember the fellas from South Carolina and North Carolina because some of the games were 100 to 120 miles distance. They would drive. They would have to do the JV game and the varsity game. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if they do that at Martha's Vineyard in Nantucket. Yeah. I don't know if they do both games. They do. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're, we're doing, you know, junior varsity and ninth grade games. We're already doubling up, you know, to save an official. Are we going to have a triple header? I mean, it's tough concentrating on that second and third games. Uh, it, it really is, and the, the high school kids are pretty quick. Right. Two games, if you're in physical condition, is fine. But that third game, if that's the most important one, that should be played first. Exactly. But they'll never play the varsity game at 3.30. Well, I'm going back in the uh, 60s and 70s in the Bay State League. Every Tuesday, the varsity games would start at 3.30. On Friday evening, it would be 8.15. Sure, Weymouth was in the Bay State League back then, I think. That's when our games were. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, but it, now, Derek, you get games starting at 3.30 in five o'clock, uh, maybe folks are having a tough time getting out of work. But that was so thirty years ago. There was there was restrictions on getting out of work. The challenge is still there for the sub varsity games. Um, it is a good opportunity for a former student of mine who is a teacher with me. He actually uh, he enjoys that because he's able to. He, once the last bell leaves, he's on his way. Half hour down the road, he's on a basketball court, ready to start officiating. He's got two games. And he knows he's home. But eventually, he's uh, a perfect example of someone who's young, and he's getting mentored, and he's going to end up rising up the ladder, and he's going to look for 630 games. So we've got to replace people like that, and there's definite challenges because um, so many people work 8 to 4, 9 to 5, you know, or they work 7 to 7. Yes, Jack, how can we get some of these vets that, you're, that you've talked to that are on partial disability that could use something like this to... To the because years ago, John, you got twenty five to thirty bucks a game. It's a it's 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 a bit risen up the ladder since then, and <laughs> I believe varsity games are 
$90 this year? $94. $94 for a varsity game. What? $69 for a sub-varsity game. Right now in soccer, there's about five or ten games a day that are self-assigned $103 to do a ninth grade girls soccer game. $103. So it's almost to the point now that Gee, you know that's that's a nice piece of change uh, uh, for what did we got seven weeks, eight weeks uh, of 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 the season uh, uh, in soccer. We're, we're we're reffing every day. Oh, definitely, you can ref every day in the soccer, but like you said, the big thing there is getting the time. Where do I come if I'm working? When I first broke in, the majority of officials were either policemen, firemen, teachers, and we had people that worked in grocery stores or supermarkets. Now, they come from all areas, and I can relate to one youngster that I had 20 years ago. Good ball, a good uh, referee, young, he has to work until 5 o'clock. And you have to get some experience, and the only experience that he could get was AAU. Yeah. And because of the fact he he ruled the game by the rules, and as a result he was criticized. But you got to remember, as one of my my interpreters, Peter Webb, said, "Remember, there are two teams out there. You have to give them their due. Play by the rules." We had officials that couldn't count to five, and they couldn't determine how far six feet was. As a result, we destroyed a defense that would give so much pressure to you that you would have a five-second count where you would lose the ball. Or we had a situation where the defense prevented a lot of scores. Yeah. Because of the fact that you did not follow the rules. And there's some officials that Derek will point out, I'm not going to make that call. I'm not, I don't believe that. You have to in, reinforce all of the rules at all times. Chuck and Vets are used to following the rules. Absolutely. <laughs> they're used to following orders. Yep. And they're used to acting in a certain manner and watching a certain position. You got my back, I got yours. And John and Derek, how, how much in, in high school officiating are officials covering each other's back and acting as a team. You yeah. always have to act as a team. You're the only team up there. It's two of you working together, you're tied in a string. We're going to use our nonverbal communication like you mentioned our signals and we're going to use our positioning to make sure that we can uh, we can be in the, um, the right position to make the rulings as best as we can. Position is huge and, and that you know I don't know John if it was you that taught us or Ron Cacuzzo or so many of the old timers, if you are in position, it, it, it's hard to, 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 to argue with you. You, you, have, you give yourself the best opportunity to make the right ruling. That's what you have to be in. Always be in position and always expect the unexpected. And don't anticipate that the play is going to result in a foul. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, here comes a kid, makes a block, and you're saying... Where the heck did he come from? Mm, yeah. Because the kids are so athletic these days. Oh, my God. So big and strong. And in eighth grade, they're big and strong. Yeah. 
Uh, girls are big and strong in the eighth grade. I, I, I've refereed eighth grade girls games where all five starters were as tall as me. I'm only 5'11". I'm not huge, but wow, six foot tall girls years ago was an anomaly. Well, one of the youngsters that I had over in Procton Junior High School, Jackson was his last name. As a seventh grader, great, six five. <laughs> he wound up going to Marquette. He played out there, and then he went over to Europe to play by Curtis Jackson. Wow, what a nice kid too. He was a good ball player, but he was also a good person. Yeah, yeah. Victor Ortiz liked him a great deal, and he helped him a great deal also. Well, at this point now, we need to take a halftime break. We'll uh, get caught up here with our sponsors. We're going to come back to uh, uh, speak to a couple of uh, callers that we expect to call in about uh, a couple of benefit golf tournaments that are being held over the next couple of weeks. But, Georgie, uh, why don't you take us away there, kid, and then we'll be back after these messages for the second half of tonight's show. talking about about veterans uh, and non-veterans as well but veterans especially take your your your, your training and your, your your ability to work within a team environment and and think about giving Derek a call uh, Derek you're going to be running a basketball training program pretty soon yep we start Monday night Monday night uh, where is it going to be held in Hanover at South Shore Votech High School and how would someone uh, contact you to sign up to get involved? They've always thought they knew a little bit about basketball. They they played high school or college ball. Uh, they're through playing a little bit, but they want to stay in the game. They want to be active. So we have our website, board54.com, where you, we have our uh, official rules clinic flyer. Uh, if they want to email me at djferg521 at yahoo.com, if they hear it on the radio now, they're more than welcome to reach out. Just uh, uh, let me know that you're interested in becoming a basketball official, and we'll make sure that you're uh, you're signed up and ready to go. And how long would the course run, Derek? Uh, so we have 12 classes that start uh, on Monday and run till um, the beginning of November before we take our rules examination. Okay, and there's two classes a week, roughly. Okay, um, and it, it's there's a lot of rules in basketball. So that's one of the things that uh, former players remark the most to me about. I love meeting former players who come in uh, eager. Uh, they're ready to learn because they think they know the rules. By the time they, they take their uh, final exam for the rules, they usually come up to me and tell me, I didn't know what I was talking about. Yeah. Or, I, I, I played college ball and, and, and played all, everything. I, I flunked the first test so bad that I thought it was going to be easy. So a lot of people come in with confidence because they know the game, and I do try and instill to each of the new candidates that it's still basketball. All right, you understand the, the game, so don't get overwhelmed by some of the technicalities and the wording. Yeah, because that's a big thousand-page legal document. Yeah, but uh, we do need to make sure that we're precise, and that so it, uh, as we progress, as we get through our course, that you know uh, some of the finer points of the game that maybe you uh, you didn't understand. You took. Uh, a little leeway with or you just didn't bother with. Yeah. So when they uh, increase their knowledge, they, one, feel a lot better about themselves. Sometimes they maybe want to go back and shake a referee's hand and apologize as well. But um, they walk out of there as uh, good, solid officials that are ready to get out there and help out some of these young kids. And Chuck, wouldn't you think that a veteran would get some satisfaction 
either being involved in that situation and being in control a little bit as being a leader out there. Absolutely. You're, you're leading a couple of teams. You're you're leading a, a, an audience of, of, of people in the stands. I mean, vets are, right. are, are used to that pressure. Right. They're used to the pressure every day, especially, especially the combat vets that had all that stress on them. And I can imagine the stress that, you know, the officials go to because I'm one of those grandparents up in the, you know, my grandson playing basketball right down the street here, and now he's playing varsity football at Plymouth South, you know, and I'm one of those, you know, grandparents up there because I know all the rules. Yeah. I know everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he was in the tank. He, yeah. didn't, he made the rules. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah you know, so but no, it, it, rules. It, you know. I challenge the vets that are that are listening that if you're you know, most vets are really sport fanatics. It's something that we love. Yeah. You know, yes. we love the sports because it takes us away from our other mission that we're always on. So why not give it a give it a shot? You're also helping back to your community, which you we all which we all did when we you know served our country. Now it's at a lower level, but it's your community where you live. You know these kids that are out there. So, there's the challenge. Get out there and do something for the good. And you've already been doing good most of your life. And and that's what you're best at, is doing good out there. We know what you like. And, oh boy, and you female veterans, come on. Man, uh, man and girls. There's Because not only basketball, we got track. We have swimming, we have volleyball, we have lacrosse, we have field hockey. Uh, what, what else do we Ice have? hockey. Ice hockey, a big, a big one. Baseball, certainly Softball. a big one. Softball, a, a big one. Uh, boy, and, and I was just talking to Stevie Petluck. They lost 40 officials last year yep. at, this, at the softball level. Oh. And, and I called him to join us tonight on the show. He says, Greg... I'm so tired of trying to get young kids to come out. He says, nothing works. I said, Stephen, we got to keep trying. Yep, we're still trying, and we're, we're using all the tools in our, in our tool bag right now because um, there's a lack of female officials in basketball for us. Um, they have the benefit that uh, should they stay in the women's side, that they will escalate very quickly, and um, because of that, the financial gain is going to be greater. I know that uh, even at the high school level with the MIA, we have got to incentivize anyone who is willing and ready to uh, to get out on the varsity level to come officiate. Um, whether it's you know changing time frames for people, if it's changing days, because I know the the premier day is Friday night in the winter, but we can't have all 365 schools play on Friday night because there's just not enough people. Sure, sure. Because of the girls with situation, the girls that. I know that there is a group that play over the Quincy Y, ex-college ball players. Those are what we're looking for. Sure. And the, the girls would stay in condition as well as it would be helpful to the community. And they would also benefit the ball players because they know the game of basketball. And if anyone has gone to see a high school basketball lately on the girls' side, you'll find yourself you're in a good ball game. The days of the scores where it would be 22 to 27, they're gone. No. You look at the <laughs> girls that play. I was watching the practice of the WN, uh, WNBA the other day. 
this one girl dribbling, I'm saying, oh my God. I wonder if she uh, related to Marcus Hayes, the guy from the Globies. John, we, we WATD, were, were uh, broadcasting a North Quincy uh, 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 first-round tournament game against Middleborough, whatever. There was a young lady from North Quincy. She had 50-something points at halftime. She did. I was in the front row. I couldn't believe it. I work in the district. We heard all about it. It was the most unbelievable, and 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 it was just open. She was she was euro stepping. She'd come down in a fast break. There'd be a defensive player ready to ready to hold her, and then all of a sudden she'd she'd euro step the person would and and the, she was gone, hitting threes, hitting hitting everything, making passes, and I think she's a freshman. She, oh, a sophomore. Sophomore. Well, the one that I am, the young lady that played football, uh, she's a basketball player. She lives over in Hull. She's a member of Board 54. Uh, she played football for the Medford Ball Club. This oh. has gone back 20, 25 years ago. Wolf is, Wolf is a Hull guy. Yeah, I know her. She was um, um, Super Bowl champion for the women's pro team. Right. And she was the MVP. She was a quarterback. And she was a basketball official. And I think she has gone up the ladder. And if anyone it wants... It wasn't Christine... Uh, no, not no, Christine. No, she's younger. Christine is too young. Right. From, from Hull. But she was an outstanding uh, athlete. And she was a very good official. And I think she's now on the college level. Certainly, most of the good women's officials are going to move up very quickly, and they're going to get grabbed right up because they... So we may have a deficit at high school. The women's side of college is looking for good officials as soon as they can get them, and, they, and they're shooting right up the ladder. And we're not talking just local college basketball, upwards to you know, Division One. Wow. Wow. There's, 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 there's no limit. I'm sorry that I started when I was in my 40s as opposed to being in my 20s, but I was still playing. I was still playing. I didn't know enough to, to get out and join the other side. The only reason that I got into officiating is when I left New Jersey, I coached football, basketball, and baseball as the assistant uh, I uh, at Roselle Park. My guy that relieved me was Jack Bicknell, oh, wow. who came up to B.C. Yeah. And when I came up here, there were no coaching jobs. As a result, I said, I got to give back to, because sports gave me my education. I was lucky that I got a college scholarship, that I got four years of education. And I said, I got to get involved. So I took, I saw the advertisement in the Brockton Enterprise for baseball umpires. Went to the clinic, passed it. One of the guys there is now, he's a football official. He said, why don't you come down? We're looking for new officials. So I went down to Taunton, passed that one. The following year, I am doing a, a men's league over in Brockton, uh, the city league. And one of the guys says, why don't you go to Ibo? I said, well, who's Ibo? <laughs> and then he told me. So I went to Somerville, took the exam, passed, and the rest is history. Now, now Chuck, Taylor and John, you played ball while you were in the service. Oh, yeah, definitely. I played both years. So why, why Chuck, well, how do we get some of those service ball players 
now to continue on and and they know the game already they've played at a pretty good level if they're playing in the service you know we're just trying to even Derek and I mean what can we do to get these get some young blood in here well you know one of the greatest outlets would be especially you know here on the South Shore uh, the VSOs letting the VSOs know because they know the veterans in their town they know yeah. the young the younger vets yeah you know yeah. that are looking to do something you know to make make a few extra bucks yeah. And again, like I said, give back to their community. Well, so the VSOs would be a great, a great yeah. window to crack it open, talk to them, and let them put the word out. Yeah, you know, because what one of the one of the big reasons that I started uh, was because my um, the John here convinced me that I should try it. But I was taking care of my mother. I was here caretaker, and I couldn't work a full time job. But I could squeeze a couple hours away every afternoon. And boy, what a relief that was to be in a basketball court. And, and she actually died about 20 years ago. She had been ill for a couple of weeks. And, and that, that morning she passed, um, I had a soccer game scheduled. And I went out in the field and just got away from everything for an hour. I looked up at the sky and just got away from everything. And it's such a wonderful, you know, psych, you know, psychological, you know, escape. Come and get involved. Derek, it's high pressure. Not high pressure. It's fun pressure. It is fun pressure. So uh, a lot of the, John mentioned, a lot of the parents in, in the crowd getting after you because you're a target with the stripes on. But you, you're able to tune that out and you have your partner to rely on and your focus is on the basketball game and it's still fun getting out there with, with the kids and interacting with them um, and you know taking what you know of the game and passing it down to other people and giving back and uh, John called an advocation I tell my my friends and colleagues that uh, it's a hobby that pays well yeah and you, and you can do it year-round yes uh, there, there's games that you can get year-round here but right now we have to take our last break so, George, why don't you take it away here? We'll uh, uh, get, pay homage to our sponsors, and uh, Wolfie and I have to talk about uh, a, a giant event that's coming up this weekend. So, uh, thanks, George. Take it away. We'll be back after these messages. You're recruiting for, uh, for private schools, looking for officials, public all across the varsity level, whether it's the independent school leagues that you see with the prep schools uh, around town, all the public school leagues need officials. So there's a, there's a demand. Uh, if you're interested, uh, I, I shot out my email address. We have our website. Um, come on Monday night to Social Votech. We'll get you enrolled. We'll get you started and registered. And it's something that uh, you're going to find rewarding. It's and worthwhile. In, would you mind if they just came and took a class, their first class, to sure. see if it was right for them? Absolutely. So we usually take registrations through that first week. Uh, we'd like to have everybody registered and ready to go by that second week so that we can make sure that you don't get too far behind. Sure. Um, with the new education and the Internet, we're able to uh, assist people, though, if they do have a late registration. Um, it's not so cut and dry like it used to be. Uh, when we were, you know, in person, and we were still pencil and paper. Yeah, yeah, great. Well, uh, that that's that's spectacular. Uh, getting near the end of the show here. Uh, one of the things that we do every week is we highlight some of the special events we uh, 
we have going on. And this week, uh, uh, Sunday's a big day, Wolfie. What's going on? Yeah, it really is. Uh, just before that, I want to tell all the referees out there how, how the, the players, I played hockey my whole life. My coach didn't think so, but my chiropractor thought I did. And um, it was very important to have a good rapport with the referees because I would go up to the ref and say, ref, I'm exhausted. you got to give me two. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Or if there was some big defenseman looked like he was going to beat my ass, he said, ref, put me in the box. I think seven's going to kill me. So, see, you really need the referees. Yeah, so, we, so, we have a benefit. Yeah, it's a, a good benefit side to have on, on the good side to him. Actually, all I ever said, I was captain of the team for years, all I said to the ref was call it the same way for both teams. That's all I ever said. That's all I didn't care know. if you called it or you didn't call it, but don't call one for one team or one for the other. Then it's hockey, then there's a riot. Yeah. I said, ref, I'm leaving. If you call that penalty, I'm out of here. Yeah. I'm getting it. Well, oh, I'm, I'm safe. Sure you were fresh. I'm, I'm no, glad. I was good to the referees. No wonder you, no wonder you said hockey back 30 years. <laughs> they might be, be the, the, the toughest uh, uh, group of officials that have lost so many numbers out there. Yeah, they really, geez, we had fun with the refs. Well, that was oh, a scene. Not a, yeah, but they, know, yeah, but on they, the other side, so we had fun with the guys. You know, uh, hockey, hockey, different. Fa hockey fans are but, but what's going but anyway, on? anyway, yeah, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Howl Speedway. No Speedway. Everyone's going to be parked. Yeah. How come you park in a driveway and drive in a... parkway. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't know the rest of that line. But in Howl... Nantasket Beach. You can laugh at me. It's okay. He wants to laugh, but he's afraid he's going to get five minutes in the, in the, for a major in he's the box. He's afraid we'll call a technical on him, but there's no technical. So, so, yeah. So, this Sunday in Hull at Nantasket Beach is going to be the Nantasket... Cleverly... See how clever I named it? The Nantasket Beach Car Show. Who would have thought? So, I'm uh, telling because you, you have cars there, that's why you call yeah, it the car show. Yeah, it's in Nantasket Beach. But uh, we're just about full for all the show cars because we had to limit it to 500. But we want, um, if, there might be one or two spots left, so you go on nantasketbeachcarshow.com and register on the computer. And if you're over 60 years old, have your grandkid register. It's, I couldn't do it. But there's going to be uh, the five or 10,000 people yeah. there uh, walking by now. It's free admission. We closed down all of... Paragon Park, all in Antasket Beach, all the way down to the Red Parrot, just about is shut down. Wow. Yeah. Every parking lot is jammed full yeah. of of hot rods and and breathtaking, cold rods. Oh, breathtaking artwork. At nine thirty, Wolfie gets up. He says, "All right, ladies and gentlemen, start your engines." We drop the checkered flag. 500 cars start their engines at the same time. It shakes the beach. The seagulls put their wings over their ears. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's the it, most fun I ever had. I it, love it, that. It's great. It sounds like a tank. It sounds like 500 cars. Rides. You know, there's straight pipe drag races there. there, there, there. So uh, this weekend at 9 o'clock, get there and uh, stroll around a little bit. Yeah, uh, it's eight, 8 to noon. 8 to noon. We had to go uh, an hour earlier. They oh, it's, it's open it. at 8. 8 to noon, yeah. So we're going to have a veteran resource fair. So come down. That will trick you into getting the services that you earned. <laughs> And um, the Hull Lifesaver Museum is going to be there with the veteran rowing programs. They Chuck's going to be down there now. we got uh, a reserve help, spot for Chuck. Helping people with, yep. his, uh, <clears throat> with his new consulting business. So uh, yeah. uh, all you vets out there, if you've uh, run into some problems or, or you think you have some personal questions, Chuck will be there. And, uh, you know, he's uh, 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 just retired from the Bedford VA Hospital, a peer-to-peer -peer counselor and a... Suicide prevention specialist, and uh, 
you know, he, it is not one problem you could have that Chuck hasn't gone through over at Bedford over the last uh, and, and 20 years or so. When we throw you out, you can go to Chuck, but we make it so happy that uh, it's such a good time. Everyone has such fun. So we have a Marilyn Monroe this year. She was the Snow Queen, Ellie. And we have a Cadillac convertible, a couple of motorcycles, and we parade right down the middle of the fantastic have it's really fun she takes photos with everyone we have such a good time and the trophies this year kim my sister kim who does all the work and greg and i and chuck take all the credit um we dumpster dived in an old car car place at um and got all car old car parts and the trophies are all sculptured old car parts they are breathtaking neat it is so neat. much fun it really so is we'll, so we'll have a good time it's supposed to be good weather maybe the, the afternoon might get a little drizzly but we'll be yeah. out of there by 12 no. o'clock so yeah, come on good. down it's uh, uh pre-packing for the for yeah yeah and the first two lots when you come into Howler for the public parking the dcr lot at 228 as you come in or the um the um dcr lot on george washington boulevard that's all for the public and then the hello dolly trolley bus is going to be running so if you park any place in hull um and the hull people are going to pick you up and bring you to the show and take you they, back they'll get you down there well yeah. we've had uh Great luck in the in the past. We have a we have a blast. Uh, and Chuck, you're going to be there, uh, yep, nice and yep. bright and early. Bright uh, and early. Uh, you'll have all of your, your business cards ready to yep. go. Uh, yeah, and, my wife's uh, bringing me down. And nice. Yeah, she's not taking you back though. No, no, no probably not. Uh, take you it. are. Take your ticket. You are. You're, gonna, you're in trouble. You got to live with me. Poor Susan. But John and Derek, I want to thank you so much for coming in and talking about the life of a, of a basketball official, a sport official. Uh, gee, I, it's, you, you know, I can't thank you enough for coming in, and hopefully if you can get one or two new recruits from this, you know? Uh, but if we could give you more, we'd, we'd, we'd do what we can. I think it's a, it's a, it's a great life, uh, and uh, thank you uh, for doing what you do. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Well, we, we want you to come back, you know, and we'll... Uh, We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens in a couple of months. Derek, we'll bump into you, I'm sure, in the basketball season. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll just keep working at it. As the Corps says, we're looking for a few good men and women. And as the guys would say, bring them young, always used to say, bring them young. That's what we need, young officials. Yes, so we do. So let's get them on the horn. Yes, we do. And Chuck... You know, we got a new number out there uh, for 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 the for the vets that are uh, um, got some uh, demons that they're facing. To all the veterans out there, veterans' families also, because you can make that same call for that veteran that you love. The new number for the suicide hotline: nine eight eight. Get rid of that old number. Nine eight eight. At the prompt, press one. That'll connect you directly to the Veterans Crisis Line, twenty four seven. Right now, the the wait on the line is twenty four seconds. That's how long it's going to take for you to talk to somebody. Make sure stay there twenty four seconds. Talk to that person. That's going to help you get through those tough times. They're there for you. You were there for us. Let us help you. Again, 988 at the prompt press 1. It's really working. There's been 45,000 calls extra, more than 
last month to this month. So people are really understanding that number, 988 at the prompt, press 1. You don't have to go through anything alone. You don't have to listen to them, those voices that are telling you to hurt, maybe hurt yourself. Maybe you just need to talk to somebody. To some of those other vets out there, call your buddy, check on them, make sure they're okay. You hear something from a friend that you don't like, you call 988 at the prompt press 1 and get them the help. We all need to watch each other's back. Again, 988 at the prompt press 1, the Veterans Crisis Line. You know, you hit it on the button again, Chuck, but uh, how about employers that are out there, Chuck, that maybe see some of their employees maybe having some questions? Uh, I know that Wolfie and I have taken some phone calls before and and referred them to the Red Sox, the home base program. Right. What, how should they recognize? And I know we don't have much time. Well, are they drinking more? Are they showing up late for work? Are they moody? These employers can also call 988 and get them the help. We had a major employer call us. We got him some help. We got his, we got his employee in, and six weeks later, he called us and said thanks a lot. Right. He's feeling much better. Oh, George, thanks a lot for keeping us on track tonight. Cousin John, thank you. We love you. Derek, thanks for coming in tonight. Hope you have a great season. Uh, we all stay healthy, and uh, we'll be... Uh, We'll keep in touch for uh, for Sunday morning. We'll see you fantastic week. Thank you, everybody. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Take care.